Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. We have a wonderful surprise. Our dear friends from Honduras, Brian and Kathy, missionaries from Hawaii to the great nation. Is it a nation, by the way, of Honduras? So anyways, I want to say good morning to you. God bless you. Brian and Kathy, I see you. Can you see me okay? Okay, let me all right, keep on talking. There you go. Uh, talk just a little bit more. Say good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We hear you loud and clear. Okay. Keep on talking. picking you up. Uh, for some reason, your voice is not going through. Uh, so good morning. If you're on YouTube or Facebook or Rev Media, you can see that Brian and Kathy are with us, but their voice is not coming through yet. So let me um, keep working out. If you guys will just maybe offer up a prayer and I'll keep looking for you. Okay, let's do that. Let's call back in and see what we can do. 
Sorry about that. Okay. So good morning once again to those of you joining us today. It's Friday. Wonderful Friday, by the way. And got a great broadcast lined up for us. And that broadcast is having to do with the church going into the wilderness. We're going to talk about that. You know, even the ark that we talked about yesterday went into the wilderness. So Brian and Kathy are going to join us. He's been searching this matter out for quite some time, and he's going to help us navigate through it. So when they call back in, I'll make sure I get it there. Good morning, Charlotte. God bless you. Okay, everything's good on your end. Charlotte, did you hear Brian and Kathy when they were talking? I don't know if you did or not. But uh, we'll get it worked out, and I know it's going to be a great broadcast today. So give some opportunity for people to join us on this Friday morning. Whew. I just, uh, yeah, oh, she did hear. Oh, praise God. All right, so let me bring them back in, and um, uh, let's see. Let's talk about this one more time. So Charlotte said she did hear you both, which is great. So uh, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Good morning, Brian and Kathy. Okay. All right. So what I need to do right now is find out this. This is the one that should be working here. So, uh, Charlotte, I want to ask you again. Charlotte, can you hear uh, Brian and Kathy now? And guys, say hello to Charlotte. Don't you love modern technology? you got to love it. So I'm waiting for her to tell me what uh, if she could hear us or not. And uh, loud and clear. Awesome. Okay, we're going to go with it then, loud and clear. Uh, thank you, Charlotte. Gosh, so Brian, Kathy, number one, you knocked it out of the ballpark during the Feast of Tabernacles. People wept during the video, your uh, impartation, your sharing, and it was phenomenal the video you put together what you guys went through your story that was in that little clip and uh, what you shared with everyone was just so rich and so thank you for doing that number one I pray that the Lord blesses you richly and uh, Brian you and I had a brief conversation yesterday Uh, I want to get into the church going into the wilderness there's a huge conflict in the body of Christ as to whether or not the church will be here for the tribulation or not Uh, I went on YouTube and looked at it, and there's just a plethora of platforms that are just, you know, the the majority, I'd say about 90% of what I saw is insisting that there is, uh, there's no way that the church is going to be here for the Great Tribulation. And then every once in a while, you see that someone says, well, wait a second, and we're one of those, well, wait a second, people, and believe that we are going into the wilderness. And so talk to us a little bit uh, just at the beginning. What have you been thinking about this? Well, I think the first thing that, that, that comes to mind anytime that I hear about the church in the midst of the tribulation is one, Jesus said, those who endure to the end will be saved. And he did say that you'll be saved and don't people have to endure. And then, you know, and, and, God will all nations will be disciples during that time, right? It does not say must go out into all nations, and then the end will come. He just said, and, and this will happen, and it will be free. So I think that's one area where people make the mistake. Um, I don't see anything anywhere in Scripture that indicates 
Taking his hand off does not necessitate removing the church from the earth. I mean, if the Holy Spirit, yeah, no, it doesn't restrain. Because throughout Scripture, we see God's people in times of crises always being led into places of preservation and protection, correct? Yeah, definitely not before a great tribulation. I mean, we do believe that there will be a catching up. I mean, like a translation, like Enoch. So it's all about escapism, and the church has been in war for 2,000 years. They've been crucified. They were in the uh, the lion's den. They've been in the Roman Colosseums. They've been through revolutions. They've been persecuted, you know, and so that's really not a restrainer. And I was always thinking under the impression that the possibility of maybe righteous laws or laws of morality were restrained to evil to some degree. And when uh, Father God's laws were promoted, uh, that seemed to be somewhat of a restraint. Now they're gone and they're promoting laws of unrighteousness that are really blasphemous and abominable, that that restraint is going and it's just like a spiritual impact taking place around the world. So I think you make excellent points, but let's get into this understanding, um, and maybe later we could walk through Scripture about the tribulation. Um, we're under the impression that as it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. And in the beginning, we see with Israel, for example, that God leads them out of Egypt into the wilderness. And uh, the Scripture that I have for that real quick, because I love, well, just real quick out of Exodus 13, and what I was looking at, Let's see if I were here. Oh. Wow. Okay, so he's talking. Where did I go? There I am. There I am. So in Exodus thirteen seventeen, it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. 
But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And that word harnessed there is the Hamas, which is real interesting. <laughs> real interesting. And it talks about able-bodied, uh, armed. And so God led a people out into the wilderness fully armed for war. I mean, they were ready to go. Um, and so as it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. In Revelation, we know that there's a people going into the wilderness. Speak into that, Brian. Yeshua warned them about the things that would come um, and the sign for us today. So 
Um, excellent points. And, and again, our idea about this conversation for our listeners is not to prove we've already done that. I think the Bible has proven it without human reasoning uh, or, you know, trying to figure it out. I think the word of God is very clear, as you said, Brian, uh, concerning we will have to endure to the end. And there will be an end time great global tribulation that's going to hit the earth. Many people are going to get cleaned up. The spots, wrinkles, blemishes are going to be dealt with. There'll be martyrdom. There will be those who are in the wilderness. And what you just said, Kathy, about while we're there, that he has prepared a place for us in Revelation chapter 12, that God has literally prepared a place for his people to meet with him during that time was kind of a minor little example of what we just saw uh, during the Feast of Tabernacles. So, yeah, but the idea is what is it going to be like? I mean, think about it. What is it going to be like? Go ahead, please. Yeah, it makes no. That's an effect, yeah. It's an amazing teaching. I mean, go ahead, Kathy. Yes. So you kind of look at that environment and you go, okay, the world is going to be taking place like it is now. You just won't be able to buy or sell to live in that time during those three and a half years, which means you cannot afford to be connected to a system. So the world may be going on kind of like now. I couldn't even take my grandsons 
to a, to a really special place that they need to go to without being vaccinated. So we see this precursor to what it may look like in that world when um, you're there. And then there will be churches. I really believe there'll be mega churches, big steeples, massive gatherings. And yet the true words of God will not be spoken, kind of like right now, if we want to be brutally honest, once saved, always saved, going into the uh, pre-tribulational rapture, Christians cannot be, you know, dealing with an internal demonic presence in their soul realm. All these teachings are designed really to disarm people. So I believe there's going to be uh, these mega gatherings, and I'm not wanting to offend anybody. I'm just saying these things need to be searched out. And so many things that are being taught where the millions are, you know, absorbing these false teachings into their thinking, um, that's going to be en masse everywhere. They will have a famine of hearing the true words of God. But the remnant, Brian, you talked about will be in the wilderness, as you both just said, partaking in the very presence of God, hearing God, uh, sustained by the word of God. What does that environment look like to you? That's amazing. You know, the scripture that came to my mind immediately while you were talking uh, in Revelation chapter 12, and so uh, allowing the word here, we know in verse 6 that a woman fled, or the woman fled into the wilderness. Now, this gets into a lot of theological, you know, uh, controversy here, quite frankly. Who is the woman? Is it Israel? Is it the ecclesia? Is it the church? So the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there 1,203 score days, 1,260 days, three and a half years. So there she's fed. She seems to be protected. If God prepares a place, it's going to be a good place to be. Uh, and then in verse 14, and, the, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. I think someone said that was American Airlines. I don't know. That she might fly into the wilderness, right, uh, into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time, three and a half years, from the face of the serpent. 
So the appearance in those two verses is that God has a place for this woman. In your understanding, who is this woman? Excuse me one second. What's that, babe? Okay. They're asking that we go a little louder, but I'll turn you up. Don't don't you change anything. Uh, I have a really good question in my mind. I have to just remember it. <laughs> All right. So, Friday. So, um, most of the church that I've witnessed, the people that, which is, you know, it is a large majority that believe that in the pre-tribulational rapture, they tell us that in the book of Revelation, there's no evidence of the church, meaning the ecclesia, right, the called out ones, uh, being in the book of Revelation. So, so many congregations, churches, pastors have refused to even talk about the book of Revelation. They think that's a Jewish end-time prophecy. I fully disagree with that, and I believe you do as well. Um, why do we disagree from your standpoint? Go ahead, you're good. You're good. Mm-hmm. 
Amen to that. You have to have some background. You have to go to the root. There's no doubt about it. Um, very clear. Kathy, any interjection at this point about what, what we're talking about? You don't want to talk about the wilderness and all these technical things. I just want to know, am I going to have a, you know, what's it going to be like? Where, 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 yeah. They're telling me loud and clear. Hmm. Amen. It's okay. I'm listening. I'm getting I'm getting signals from the from the south here. Praise the Lord. We just we want it to be perfect for you guys. You know, we just want people to be able to hear your heart, your study. And I'm just at at this moment uh, where I, I'm hearing. You know, just let it release from you both. Get out of the way. Let this reservoir go. Uh, we're talking about the wilderness. I believe it's a very real place. We don't know what it is, if it's symbolic of just where we are at the moment. Um, I do believe it's the church that's going into the wilderness, and that is the, the, the Jerusalem above, uh, who is the mother of us all. I really believe that in Galatians chapter 4. Um, and so we're here. And another thought I had, Brian and Kathy, was that for 2,000 years when the church was being persecuted, why weren't they rapture before their persecution. Can you speak into that? Yeah. I used to have him on I used to have him on here all the time. Yeah. His teachings. Yeah. He's a Amen. I had to learn all the secular counseling. 
Oh, what an excellent point. You know, what an, what an excellent, excellent point. Um, you know, this step of denial, the hope that people have to bring about, you know, it goes back to Jeremiah 51, we would have healed Babylon. Uh, you know, we want to fix her. We want this thing to get back to normal again, but she is not healed. Um, so we see right now, here's my question. We see people, uh, or we see the signs of the times all around us. To me, they, people could say, oh, it's been since the beginning of time, and I think that's a sign. Um, we see the signs of the times everywhere around us. Yeshua said, Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, flee to the mountains of Judea if you're in Israel. So I think a lot of times we have a hard time, Christians living in the year 2021, of even considering that there is a wilderness. What does that mean? It must be symbolic. Um, because some people are going, okay, I see the signs, but what wilderness you know, and then is it going to be boiled down to those who the Father knows that he's going to give them eagles' wings to be able to get to the place he wants them to be? Is there going to be an, a wisdom, an understanding, a knowing in their heart? How is God going to communicate to people on this earth at this time that's covered by cameras and, you know, all kinds of invasive, you know, things from technology? Uh, where? Where would people actually go? How do you... How do you actually get people to move with that? What you know? What does that look like?
Wow, that is so absolutely rich and so well said. Um, I think many of God's kids who desire to go where you just talked about uh, are about to get really messed up in a good way. Uh, I think Father God is about ready to strip uh, some things away from the lives of uh, his kids emotionally, mentally, uh, you know, desires that, they, that we have. And I do believe we're stepping into another season of the great stripping away. Brian, speak into that, please. It's Friday. Oh, absolutely, they do. So uh, the pruning, the stripping away of, uh, I, I always see it as intrinsic, inward, where, you know, it has to begin inside of us because you could take things away from somebody externally, but it's still a desire of their heart. Um, there are still issues that Yeshua talked about, you know, it's not about what you do outwardly, but it's what's going on inside of your heart. And I think there needs to be a major, massive cleansing and I do believe this. I, I think God is so wonderful. I know he is, and he loves us richly, but there has to be a massive download of that, that blood that speaks and that cleanses and that washes and that delivers and all of these different things in the lives of believers. And here in America, I mean, it, it, it is so comfortable. Even with the stuff going on, it's kind of like, get your popcorn, let's, let's have a battle over vaccinations. But everybody is really, really comfortable for the most part. You know, needs are met. People have jobs. You know, it's, you know they're getting through. They've got friends and family. We really don't know what it's like. And, and, and I think we get afraid and go, dear God, you know, you're getting really close here. You're really going to start stripping us down. And the winter is coming. That's not doesn't sound like a really good plan here. Um, but it's real, isn't it? It really does have to happen. 
Amen. Okay, so with that said, Kathy, what I just came into my mind as you were talking is that place that the Bible says, that the scriptures declare that God has prepared a place for them to nourish them for three and a half years. Would that not be the remnant of people who have allowed the internal stripping away of the, the affections and the love for this world, that God has a place for them while there are those in Revelation chapter 7, an untold multitude that no man could number, are going into the great tribulation for the stripping away, for the cleansing, for the washing. Uh, Revelation chapter 7 kind of puts that in perspective for me, uh, that the majority of believers will be in, and then the Bible says that they will come out of it, having washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, So is the wilderness in your understanding, a place for the overcomers? Amen. Amen. All right. So again, we're wanting to get this incredible view, you know, this bird's eye view of a people that are going into a place sacred, quite frankly. Uh, And you make an excellent point, Brian, that the children of Israel, they did go in 
uh, to a wilderness experience, but they had never been really stripped clean in their hearts. And so there was a tremendous amount of, you know, Egyptian mindset, Egyptian thinking, Egyptian, you know, who is this God of Abraham that all of a sudden we are going to serve and Moses and, you know, they didn't even know him. They didn't know about the covenant. They were a generation so disconnected. Uh, maybe the difference is in our generation, hopefully, maybe, that uh, God has awakened some people like yourselves to understand the times that we're living in and where we are going. And yet you have already demonstrated what it means to leave behind the realm of comfort and ease and to go out into all the world and preach the gospel and show the gospel in action. Um, and so maybe your transition into the wilderness, whatever that is, is going to be a little bit easier than those that have just really done nothing but go to church every week. <laughs> I was in like this like progressive childish just uh, just like these characters. I don't know if Kathy's doing the, the white thing counseling or was it a disc or something? Like, I don't know. Just like just garbage. Uh, you know, and then inside I'm like, Ryan, stop it. Ryan, stop it. Die. Die. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. Like, when the times that we do get it right, it's not us. You know, if it was up to me that night with our house, we'd have gone and slept in our bed, we'd be dead right now. You know, but it's because of that reality of Proverbs 353 space, you know, that I did it. You know, and it was like, by the grace of God, that, you know, we go out and we try to give people the gospel and things like that. Uza. I hope my great, 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 great grandmother is there. I'd love to meet her, you know, so but you know, you're right on. You know, it's a funny thing, uh, this transition that's going on. Um, for 2,000 years, we've been what they call the church age, and I'm, I'm good with that. That's fair, the church age, and then the transition into the kingdom age, the promised land, 
Uh, we go into, like Israel, they go into a wilderness. They have to endure that on their way to the promised land. Book of Revelation, we go into the wilderness. There's our promised land, eternal life, the kingdom of heaven. But what it's like in that wilderness, you know, I wonder if people are going to still be jockeying for position like the disciples. Who's the greatest among us? You know, there is such a reformation of our thinking that is coming uh, into that wilderness that the whole structure that has been so laboriously built by man's imagination and taking scripture and applying it and who's who and all this thing, I think it's got to be a little bit different. And I think that just about everything we've learned is probably going to be suspect to an introspection that's going to uh, kind of show us lacking in our understanding about things. And are we going to be able to adapt into it? Speak into that. What's it called?
Thank God. It's, you know, what an incredible analogy. I mean, we could stand afar off and look at the power, um, but to actually be called into it, uh, that is such an incredible analogy. My goodness. Uh, Brian, your thoughts. You know, these are these are very powerful testimonies right now. And in, 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 as an observation, not a criticism, uh, as an observation, we know that there's been such an emotional gospel that has gone forth all over the world 
where people are basically, you know, believing their relationship with God is an emotional relationship, and yet the Word of God says that you will be judged by every word out of the mouth of God. I mean, God's Word. We're going to show up, and we're going to have tons of reasons and uh, ideas and imaginations and emotions. We're going to show up before God, and He said, "Well, here's my Word." And the Word you use, you redacted what I told you to do, rather than just the raw obedience of, "Here's what my Word says." Now do it, and if you're having a hard time, do it, then get the help that you need. I've sent you a helper, the Holy Spirit. Obey the Word of God. And we, we live in a generation where there's so much, I mean, so much reasoning. And I listen to, the, I listen to people that are talking about, you know, uh, you know, the tribulation and the pre-tribulation, and they'll say, okay, let's go to this scripture. They'll go to a scripture. They'll never deal with what the scripture actually says, but they'll go into this mounds of, well, here's what it means, and here's the reasoning, and here's how it happened. And it's like you're not going anywhere. And people are believing this, and people are taking this, and that's a very difficult thing. And when it comes to the condition of our heart, there will be no excuses. The Word of God is very clear, no excuses. So profound, what a gift that you two had in the fear of the Lord. And I think you're right. This is, uh, this is what we need, and maybe that fear of the Lord will strip away some of those dead branches of our religious thinking and ideas and what we've been doing so that we might be a little bit more vulnerable to see, wow, God, we really need to be doing what you said to do. Your thoughts. you know, psychological, uh, you know, imaginative 
you know, thing that's going on. And there are very few spiritual men and women of God who are actually walking it out. And Brian, one other thing I'd like to say, and then I'll be quiet. Um, you know, you are a missionary and you and Kathy are missionaries and you have gone to do what you're doing. And I appreciate your humility because sometimes I see people that are going out doing what you're doing. And, and I like your counter approach to this because um, I've just watched recently Middle Eastern missionaries and they're standing up addressing issues and the tone in which they do it in is truly not a humility. It is, okay, I'm out here doing what I'm doing. I've got something going on here. So I'm going to tell you the way it is and how foolish everything is. And it's really not easy to sit down and just listen to that tone. Whereas you are in a very profound place of doing what you're both doing and in the midst of whatever's going on, the diamond in the rough of what's going on in your lives and how you are serving the Lord. It's very rich. I appreciate your humility in saying what you said. I'll be quiet. Go ahead, please. Yeah, we're just. Yeah.
Jeez. You know, I absolutely love this conversation because it it all begins to dawn. You know, we see Jesus 2,000 years ago when he chooses these uh, men, these young men, actually. I heard some of them were 15, 17, you know, the young apostles. Uh, Maybe you could confirm that, but that's what I've heard. They were young men, and here they are following the Lord, and, you know, there they are. You know, they don't have halos around their heads. They are men. They are young men that are being trained up to take on the responsibility of the 2000, you know, my God, what he had in mind when he chose these men and how he was frustrated with them. He sighed over them. He reproved them. He rebuked them. He upbraided them. And he's like, how, how long are you going to be? So the people today that God is choosing all over the world really have nothing to say of ourselves, do we? I mean, we don't have one bit of, well, this is why God chose me, because I. And it just isn't there. It's not there at all. I'd like to share just a little testimony. I I wonder if I should or not, but it might take a a minute as I remember it. But your conversations have basically um, struck this chord in me. When I received Christ into my heart as a 19-year-old young man, it was because it was real. People had, God had brought me to a bedroom upstairs, my Uncle Frank's house, Rancho Bernardo, months of people going to church, staring at the pastor, not really liking the pastor, wanting him to see my disapproval, uh, because I've been trained about all this junk about, you know, church and all that. Long story short, I accepted Christ in my bedroom, and I had an experience with God. And a supernatural thing happened to me. I went to seven different high schools. I never graduated. Um, I had been, you know, bounced all around the nation, and I wasn't into studying. But I picked up a Bible uh, after that experience, and I've been on a 39-year journey of studying the Word of God. Never went to school, never went to anything but the school of Christ. 
And I had a gift. God gave me a gift that I never had before, and that word became tablets upon my heart. It was prophesied that was going to happen. So I had this incredible download of the word of God written upon my heart, but at the same time, I met up with my lower nature, my humanity. And so I had this knowledge of what the word of God said. I knew scripture, verse. I mean, it just was amazing. But my life was not measuring up to that word. And and this was acceptable for a time and the training up and the Lord allowing and going through the process and, you know, coming to the idea that we don't have to sin, that we're we're not called, you know, that, that the rest of our life you're just doomed to be a sinner. I found in the word of God in my studies that wasn't the case. But yet I saw that I was the great sinner. I was a terrible sinner. My human nature, my lower nature, everything contradictory to God. And that battle was there, and it was a good battle, but it morphed into years later, and and I hate to say it like this because I never saw it this way, but playing games with God. Knowing what God said, I could carry on any conversation with anybody, but my conduct, I was going through my, I woke up one morning, my wife and my daughter were gone day after day for years. I waited for them to come back. They never came back. I fell into some of the most horrible life conditions you could imagine. And saw myself and found myself doing things that, you know, um, and I, I don't want to go into detail right now. I've shared it before. I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't glory in it. Uh, it's always for just giving hope to people that have been involved in different things. So I, I found myself going off the deep end into things and then trying to get back. And this warfare was going on. And finally, God took me to a place. And I remember one at one point in Anaheim, California, I was painting houses. I was working as a waiter with uh, Marriott doing door to uh, room service and all that stuff. And it was gone. You see, regardless what I had ever gone through and done, it was like God gave this permissible season of grace and I, I get it and mercy. But one day I woke up, there was nothing there. And I was a walking dead man. I was walking, I was going through the motions of, you know, uh, all this brokenness, and <clears throat> I felt nothing. And there was, you know, it was always I was able to go to the Word, always over to get, get some inspiration. It was gone. Day after day after day after day after day, I was a walking dead man. The presence of God had left my life. I reached out to who later became my pastor. No conversation, no communication. I was completely cut off until one day I came home and I just in my desperation, I flipped open my Bible and I landed on a place where it said, if you will return to me with your whole heart, rend your heart, and not your garments, then I will return to you. Paraphrasing the scripture. And I remember it was like a lip, somebody just struck a match and a little flint of light came into my spirit and I began to read the entire New Testament and got started hungry again and going again. And through that experience, I finally, you know, the restoration began. But Father God spoke to my heart. and He said, Vincent, I've invested in your life. And I'm not going to allow you to pervert my grace. I'm not going to invest in you for you to play games with me. And it is all in or it's all out. I'm not taking the 99.99% of your life. I mean, he t- that was given. You're, I, I don't want the 99.9. It's all or nothing. And I've just showed you, I've given you a great gift of what life without me will be like, not only on this earth, but in eternity, without a tomorrow to get this light back. 
he dealt with me in such a way in that particular dealing that uh, changed my life forever. And these last 29, 30 years that we've been doing what we're doing has been just the grace of God. So we know it's just simple, fearing the Lord, yielded obedience, working out areas. And there's lots of grace. And I'm not a legalist either. I, you know, that's condemnation legalism. So that's my little story in the fear of the Lord. And if anybody's out there today, you're hearing these stories. The, the purpose of the fear of God is to draw us to the Father, to experience his love, his mercy, his grace, his kindness, his goodness, his blessing, and all that he has, because he wants that fellowship with us. There's no doubt about it. Your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, I was just going to just quick interjection. The crises that God allows us to go through, he brings us into the crises, is always designed to deal with our foolishness. You know, our child, immature, foolish ways that we see so much of in the body of Christ. One of the greatest foolishnesses, it's been in my heart for some reason, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. It was one of the most immature things in the in, in Christendom to to be a part of some person rather than Christ. And so the crisis drives us to God, right?
Amen. Now, you know, I, I look at this conversation and what I perceive in it is, you know, abundant life. And I will testify that God has given me an abundant life of this spiritual hope, spiritual wealth, spiritual life. It's real. And to be able to sit down and to communicate and talk and break bread. And, and again, this is with you, you and the fellowship and the Feast of Tabernacles and the ingathering and all the different members of the body of Christ that are moving in the same direction. There is a, an inspiration. There is a celebration that all that we've talked about has to be balanced out with. We have been granted an abundant life of, you know, sin is not controlling us anymore. Sin is not driving us into death anymore. We have overcome issues that if we were to lay them all out and say, you want to know where God has taken us from, we'll show you. And, and to be free of that is so rich. It is so wealthy. So we are the abundant, crazy people, according to the eyes of the world, that are happy to leave the world behind. And they're like, well, wait a second. All your happiness has to come from the world. No, it all came from Yeshua. It all came from Jesus. It all came from our Father, God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And so we're happy. What are you going to do? I, I can't be ashamed of being happy. Miraculous. It is amazing. <clears throat> amazing love. Yeah, yeah. Mm, no way. No, no, no. And I can testify. We have, well, anyways, I'm going to leave that alone. We've got three minutes. Brian, Kathy, lay forth what you want to say to our listeners today in a final word. I get that. I get that. That happened to, yeah.
Amen. Kathy, a final word. having you join uh, me as often as we will get a revelation about something let's talk you're always welcome here uh i need to contact you because i've I've been trying to find a way to send a blessing to you guys i haven't found out how to do it yet so either i'm missing something but we want to go into your work into your ministry into your lives just as you know friendship offering uh so show us how to do that offline get me to know how to do that and then i'll bring it online for people to be able to want to support you as well because people are asking how do we support them? How do we bless them? And I want to make sure that we do our part in getting that out to you. I love you both very much. God bless you. I wish we could. I wish you were here. We could be eating. Uh, I don't know what's the main food in um, Honduras? Tacos, beans, huh? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Love you both. God bless your hearts. We'll talk to you soon. Shalom. All right, we have it right there, uh, Brian and Kathy um, Gray, missionaries from Honduras, speaking into our lives. And I think it's a great conversation. God is so good. God is so good. Everything we have has come from him. Everything. Look around you. If there's anything that you have that you can't say, this came from the Lord, dedicate it to him. Everything has come from the Lord. It's all his, whatever it is, including the very breath that we have. We dedicate it to the Lord. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. This is Pastor Vince. We'll be meeting in Northwest Arkansas, Saturday evening, 530, Sunday, 2 p.m. Again, thank you. This is the first day of the new month. If you have some sowing you'd like to do into this ministry, we would deeply appreciate it. We would love to meet all of our minor costs for running this radio broadcast, okay? We'll leave it there. Have a blessed weekend. Shalom. God bless. And I will find out how to get a blessing to Brian and Kathy just to undergird support them. Let's do it together, okay? I believe that God would want us to do that. We'll see you Tuesday. Shalom.